It's amazing to think that several generations ago, millions of blacks were denied the right to vote through bogus literacy tests, while millions of ignorant whites voted unhindered by birthright. Politics is often seen and interpreted as, well, the will of the people. It is often described in lofty judicial decisions and thick political science texts as democracy in action. What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. One, and that was our countdown from Hyatt. Oh, this is great. So Hyatt the Engineer has special talents, including running the board with fabulous, oh, this second, <laughs> giving little bunny ears. But he also gives us a countdown, and we will never stop talking about the countdown, because we, we love it. We love it. Absolutely. So, um, oh my hi, gosh. Dan. Hi, I've tried, well, there's so much to get used to this I know, week. so, you know, if you've been listening, uh, and I know that you have, we have been in the temporary <laughs> space um, um, across the way here in the fabulous uh, studios of WCB and FM Ann Arbor. And now we're back in our super spacious space. Absolutely. And the lighting is all like new. It is like, it's just, because it, it used to be very, if you know, like candle-esque, you know, candle lighting. And, and by know. that you mean dim. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So the only thing that was bright in here is my future. So... <laughs> We had a problem, but now everything is bright. Absolutely, fluorescently I mean, so. Oh my gosh! Um, and we we were pl- there's different kinds. I mean, there's the long fluorescent lights, and then there's the what they call the cans. Yes, exactly. And then track lighting, and all of them are um, unique. Uh huh. And bright. And, and we bright. love them. We love them all. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and now and now that we're back in our old studio, Hyatt is safely behind um, <laughs> behind the glass, so we can't exactly. throw things at him. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and he can safely not listen to he us. Say, no, he can hear us. Can he hear us? Uh, he oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Hyatt done. Um, good. Um, um, yes. Yeah, so I just went and saw my doctor uh, just before I walked in. Uh huh. Um, and I was explaining to him we were um we we always like. Uh, uh, share various jokes and things like this, and uh-huh. um, and and humor. And I was telling him how uh, a coworker of mine uh, considers uh, the definition of a pessimist is an optimist with all the facts. Nice. And with all um, the facts. With all the facts. Yeah, not F A X, but F A C T S. Um, and so then, um, and he kind of looked at me, kind of weird, and he goes, "Oh." I thought you said sadist and masochist, not understanding what I was saying like, nice. or whatever. And he goes, well, you know, he says, this is my favorite joke. He goes, you know, the, the masochist goes, you know, hurt me, beat me, hurt me. And, masoch- and the uh, sadist goes, no. <laughs> nice. I just, I was roaring. Nice. I was just like, <laughs> you love it, don't you? I did. I got to tell you, I kind of, Dan oh. pranced in. He's like, I've got jokes. I've got jokes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sweet mother of Jeebus. So that's, okay, oh. and you said you had another one. Um, oh, there was or another one. save it? And the, no, the other one was um, uh, the um, pessimist is saying, oh, the world is so horrible. The world is just devastating. The world just cannot get any worse. And the optimist goes, yes, it can. <laughs> <laughs> that one I connect with. I'm there not going to go. lie. There you go. <laughs> So, ay ay ay. So, and and at the same time, <gasps> we have our last report on, on the American. Woodchucks. Oh, the woodchucks! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about American Idol since last night was the finale, but you're, you're all obviously about the a one track mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're going to report on the woodchucks. So did you have yes. a woodchuck funeral? So, so tell no. me, how does woodchuck taste? Well, that's, well that's what's so interesting, because I did not know you could make jam. 
Absolutely. Yes, because I had to take it to a woodchuck preserve. OMG. <laughs> I he is on a roll. <laughs> he has been saving up, folks. Let me tell you. Woo. Oh. oh, it We're is. We're gonna make so nachos because it's real cheesy in here. <laughs> <laughs> so you took. You, you took. You, so yeah. So um, I it was yeah, actually a maze because yeah. <laughs> Because what happened was that I like you know I bought the trap thought okay because we had a phone call after the um, uh, after our show kind of uh-huh. saying this is what you have to do and I was inspired by the phone call so because it seems so easy um, wasn't it. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it was. Did I say what the solution well, was? Well, you can. I mean, I was surprised that they even listened. Was but... the solution to shoot it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. And it was from the Progressive Militia. And it does seem easy. Yes. And I was like, wow. That was, you know, and I was like, wow, the way he described how to catch them and how to trap them and, and how to um, uh, do everything that he said just was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I, why am I paying $300 to have someone do this? So um, It's like uh, the DIY. It's like how Martha would do it. Absolutely. Uh, I am so Martha-esque. You're so Martha-esque. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and got a trap for like $40 mm-hmm. and, um, and just went out and uh, basically did exactly what he said on how to capture. Within four hours, we had, we had our little creature. No way. Yeah. No I put way. it out at five o'clock and when I came home after a movie... I had them. What did you What did you lure him in? Him or her? Apples, in? apples, red apples. So how about them apples? How so about- yeah. <laughs> so, I gotta go. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they better get that phone on. <laughs> soon. I'm on a roll. And um, so you so, caught the woodchuck. I caught the woodchuck. And now you're well, And well, now yes, exactly. The poor thing. I mean, just I actually to be honest with you, I felt. So sorry for this little thing. I mean, it was just, I mean, he was, he or she, I don't know if it was a, a, woman, a girl or boy, but it was, it was just a, um, just terrified. I mean, just absolutely horrified and um, not knowing what to do. So I kind of had to, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was in the car and taking it to the, um, and I have to admit, uh, Friends of Wildlife, uh, thank you so much, Kim, for helping me out because they did this all free on how to, you know, do all these different things with the kitty litter and the, uh-huh, uh-huh. um, and she says, oh, well, there's there, there's several pres- um, preserves or uh, preservation places to take um, a woodchuck and um, and uh, to set it free. And sure enough, I took it to the place and they took care of it. And boom. I mean, I thought the thing was going to come back and attack me. I mean, because I thought, oh, <laughs> like this or whatever. But no, it was like before I even had the thing unlocked, um, it was out of the cage and took off into the middle of the fields and and then turned around, gave me the finger. And nice. Then, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and left uh, for uh, um, to be happy and re and, and unite with another woodchuck. All's well that ends from another well. from one chuck to another chuck. So you know? what are you gonna do with all this used kitty litter that's in your? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna kind of you know that's gonna help my garden that I'm gonna try to regrow and you know and get you know back to life again and because he he or she definitely did feast. I mean, that are you sure there's only one? Well, that's the thing is my neighbor came out before I went to take it to uh, to the preserve and uh, they looked at it and said that's not the one. And I went, what? And they said, it's twice its size and it's lighter color. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, darn it. So I put out some more. Uh, but I put out Granny Smith apples. Uh-huh. Apparently, they don't like Granny Smith apples. It's because only red. It's only red apples. And so I put those apples out la- uh, a couple nights ago. But I haven't caught anything. So um, so I'm wondering if there is another one or um, if it's just, Something you get know. a phone call and it'll be a little squeaks. Yeah. <laughs> And it'll be, I'm in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be very scary. Absolutely. Oh, uh, so the so. saga continues. Yeah, so the saga continues. But, but there hasn't really been. I think I actually did catch the, uh, the perpetrator. Um, the perpetrator yes. and, um, and put it in the um, relocation program. With disloca- uh, the dislocation program. Dislocation program, exactly. <laughs> nice. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, moved along. You know, this is really kind of, I'm sorry, this. This, I feel really like out of sorts just because of the new the setting and the sort. Yeah, because I'm. I mean, the furniture has been moved, and the uh, we have new signs that are. Qu- I'm wondering what it's about, but I'm finding them humorous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm it's like, a schoolhouse rock 
chalkboard and it says, I can still smell your butt. Right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> What's that mean? I, do, you I, do you know what that means? Oh, he doesn't know. <laughs> Well, then, what do you want to talk about today? I, well, you know, there's uh, tons of things that we're going to talk about. I mean, well, one of the things I'm really actually actually upset about. Um, okay. um, and then the other thing I'm, I'm like, excited to talk to you about. So, um, so I'm really upset about the American Idol. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. No, <laughs> no, um, but there's a report that just came out from the Triangle Foundation. Yeah, you know, I was just reading about this. Um, like, the Detroit Free Press picked it up and Fox 2 News that, that anti-gay um, hate crimes are up. A hundred and three, thirty-three percent in Michigan, and that's just amazing to me. It's, so that is in Michigan. That's not nationwide. You know, I, I, I know that it's it's from there's these numbers that a report released from the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs, and I want to talk to our friend Sean, um, Sean Kosofsky, who we have on the line. Sean, are you there? Almost. And Sean is the director of policy with the Triangle Foundation. And Triangle Foundation does amazing work. Um, they're out in the community. They're out all over Michigan. Um, Sean? Yes. And they're doing what they, they help with the reporting and the investigations. Right. And, um, and definitely, like, and do a lot of follow-up on, like, what needs to happen. And, and sometimes needs to have the community get involved to kind of see if we can... Um, Absolutely. And, you know, Melissa Pope is the director of victim services, and um, they have a team of people who help yes. uh, um, address hate and bias and po- political action all, all across the street. Sean, are you there? <laughs> I thought I was hearing something. It's probably the woodchuck. Wait That's what it is, exactly. <laughs> um, so this report just released uh, May 20th. Anti-gay hate crime spike 133% in Michigan. And I didn't know that something could spike more than well, 100%. Well, I mean, it's amazing. Well, that's the thing. Ah, there we go. Hey, were you guys saying my name? Uh, we were. <laughs> Sean, I'm always saying your name, babe. <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> you guys sounded like you're way off in the distance, and I thought maybe any second now they'll patch me through so they can hear them. That's right. <laughs> so we're joined by uh, Sean Kosofsky, the director of policy for the Triangle Foundation. Sean, dissect this report for me. So I'm looking at this report. It says anti-gay hate crimes spike 133% in Michigan. Is that true? In Michigan, the state of Michigan. Yes, in the state of Michigan, Triangle Foundation tracked um, a number of incidents in 2007. When we looked at the year as a total, the numbers of actual crimes, not just discrimination, but actual crimes, violence, vandalism, assault, spiked by 133%. And we chalked that up to having more staff actually around the state gathering these uh, statistics, which doesn't undercut the fact that these crimes were going on all along. We're just now being able to find them, which just shows you how many more incidents are probably out there that we're not that we're not catching. So the problem is probably much, much worse. Um, but the, the report does show that on, on average, every 39 hours in Michigan, someone's the victim of an anti-gay attack. And oh an gosh. anti-gay crime, not, not, not acts of, like you said, not just discrimination, but things that are actual crimes. Yeah, if you add in acts of discrimination, um, then the numbers actually jumped to 207%, and that would make it every 29 hours in the state of Michigan, someone is the victim of an anti-gay act of discrimination or attack or vandalism. So why do you think people are uh, are more, you, you mentioned staffing and able to collect these numbers, so why are people more willing now to, to, to come forward and say, I, I have been victimized in this way? Well, we have a West Michigan office now for the first time ever, so we do have someone in West Michigan who's fielding a lot of our calls from West Michigan who before people might have not known we existed or they might not have thought it was even an option to call for advocacy. And we added an extra staff person in Detroit. So, you know, this just always happens. Whenever you increase your capacity, you increase how many people you can serve. So it doesn't mean we were missing these calls. It just means we're doing a better job at finding people when we have more more people. So that's one piece. The other reason why I think this is happening is that whenever the economy takes a downturn, crime goes up. It's a sociological fact. Poverty causes crime. Economic uncertainty causes people to fight, to drink, to, to get into fights, to cause arguments. I mean, lots of different things happen when, when the economy takes a downturn. But also, 
if you remember, 2007 it kind of started with the appeals court decision in February. So the, one of the highest courts in the state sent this very loud and very clear message to all public employers and to all gay people and anyone else who's politically astute to be paying attention. Gay people don't matter. Their families are inferior. Uh, go ahead and take away their health care because they are not the same as the rest of us. And sending that kind of message creates a hostile climate in our state that makes it okay for Gary Glenn and the American Family Association and other um, unsympathetic parties to attack us, beat us, fire us, all that stuff. So, in, in the in the same places that we used, that we were already gathering information, have those crimes also gone up in those in those places? Yes, around the country, incidents went up twenty four percent across the entire country, and in Michigan, they jumped. We actually had the highest numbers of any. Highest numbers and the highest increase of any state in the country. Uh, so it's actually, uh, I think Michigan is doing a really, really good job at, at capturing the incidents because we're so well known for, for being a place where people can report this stuff. And some other new emerging anti-violence organizations, they're not capturing as much of the problem because they're, they're just so new. So, but it is increasing all over the country. I think that the, um, any, any human rights movement that makes incredible advances will eventually have this kind of backlash. And I imagine in California right now, after after their marriage decision, there's incredible backlash, just like there was against the uh, Arab American populations here in the United States after September 11th. There's always someone to blame and someone to go after. So uh, I'm sure in the next year we're going to see increasing violence against our community. So, Sean, should, should I be scared? Should, um, should I be telling students and, and my friends and my coworkers that we need to watch out, that we should be scared of this state? Um, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone should be walking around in, in, in terror, but I do believe that it is not safe to be a gay person living in the United States of America, and it's also not safe if you're perceived as gay. So this, this data does show um, that um, hate violence tends to escalate. It tends to go from discrimination to violence. It tends to repeat itself. It tends to be random. And so we do know that people are far more likely to be the victim of a crime, uh, a hate crime, or discrimination around the workplace or around their home. It's not usually at a gay pride festival or at a bar. It's more likely the guy in the cubicle next to you or a, a neighbor kid who's throwing rocks at your house. Those are the kinds of situations, people that are in close proximity to you, and sometimes they know you. And it, it just uh, a neighborly dispute could erupt into something where it becomes a lot more venomous. So people do need to be very careful whenever they're walking alone near a gay establishment, they should walk with friends. Uh, they should always be in park and, and, and hang out in places that are well lit. They should go with friends as much as possible. But people shouldn't be cowering in fear, but it, this, these numbers do give us pause. We are not living in a safe society right now. So, um, so the other thing is, is like, what about Melissa Pope? She's the one that is the one of the is the victim active advocate um, with the Triangle Foundation. Are are you like, like, how is she being taken care of with all of this? I mean, I bet she's just overwhelmed with all this work. Yeah, I mean, she is the director of victim services. She has a support staff, and she has another person in West Michigan taking intake. And really, the entire staff does intake if, if they're not around. So, uh, I mean, I think that they're kind of like having to deal with the day-to-day terror of of hearing these stories of people who have been ejected from a business, fired from their job, having you know not knowing the very next day if they're going to lose their income or their home. And uh, you know, we even had some cases come in the door where people were handed a lease. You know, someone an apartment, they were actually handed the contract, the lease for their apartment that said no gay people allowed, actually written out on the paperwork. I mean, we've, we've seen incredible spikes in this kind of stuff. So in Melissa's office, it's certainly, um, when I used to do most of our anti-violence work, I know that it really can just sink on your shoulders and just sink on you all the time about how many bad things are happening in our state, and it's hard to have hope at certain points. Um, but it, it really is, uh, um, it can really wear you down, and I'm hoping that she keeps herself in high spirits because she's very optimistic and very helpful that she can help uh, most of our clients. So it is an election year. What, I mean, can we use this information to, to, to prove and to show, you know, that there needs to be further action, that there, that, that there is a, a whole segment of the population of Michigan and the United States that continue to be targeted? Absolutely. Everyone needs to be registered to vote. We have a, a huge um, uh, registered, we have a, a huge voter registration issue in our community. I mean, most people in our community are registered, but we don't turn out in the same numbers that we should. So everyone needs to be registered. Everyone needs to be voting. If you can vote early by uh, voting absentee, 
And then also you just need to be aware. I mean, uh, Triangle Pride Pack and, and Between the Lines produce a major slate for all the, all the different candidates. But also, um, most importantly this year, um, we have a race for Supreme Court. There's a particular individual who's on the Michigan Supreme Court who's running for re-election, and he's responsible for this horrible court decision that came down two or three weeks ago, stripping our families of our, of our health insurance. So people really need to be active. They need to be aware. And if they want any um, information at all about the elections, they can certainly call Triangle Action Fund or Triangle Pride Pack, our political um, affiliates, and uh, they can find out more information. So what can we do, like, for instance, on, uh, for prevention? I mean, I know you're telling me about, like, you know, walk safely and, and be, be walk in numbers. But what can we do as a community to, to prevent these things from happening? I mean, not to blame the victim, but... Well, I mean, in many ways, uh, this is going to sound really kind of weird, but there's a lot of complicated things. Some of the things that go on, there are people that will pose as gay to go online to meet gay people to rob them and kill them. So you have to be very, very careful when you're dating online about where you're meeting people at, meeting in a safe location, calling friends and saying, I'm going over to so-and-so's house. Here's their address. This is what time I left. Should something happen to me, at least you have this information. Um, when you go, If you go home from the bar with someone, if you go to meet someone, leave that in information with someone. Uh, pickup crimes are a big deal. I think most of the anti-gay killings happening in America are pickup crimes, where someone poses as gay in a bar or online or outside a, a cruisy area, and then they, they get killed and robbed in their own home or taken their car is taken. Um, you can also, in addition to all of that, um, in you know bullying, bullying in schools is representing a large increase in some of our numbers. More and more young people are reporting being um, sexually uh, threatened, uh, sexually assaulted, and uh, bullied in their schools because of their real or perceived sexual orientation. So I mean. Um, traveling in numbers, I mean, the number one thing you can do is report it. I mean, it's so important to report it. Just like with HIV, the number one thing you can do to stop the spread of the disease is to get tested. And so by telling someone, by knowing, by being informed, you can stop this. So you don't know, if you, if you don't report something to the Triangle Foundation, you don't know that um, five other people reported the exact same person doing the exact same thing to them, and we may have already made an arrest, you know, with the police. So it's very important to report things so that we can actually hone in and, and use some advocacy to stop this stuff. Um, but another thing that people can do as individuals is... Um, uh, whenever you see hate or discrimination starting to emerge, challenge it. If it's just one person in your classroom saying negative things to someone, or if you hear someone using anti-gay rhetoric at two tables over at a restaurant, it's about telling the management, you know, I don't feel safe here because of the way these other people are behaving. There's so many things you can do, but mostly it's report, report, report. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the things that you're saying, that if we don't have these numbers, we really can't... Um we can't be able to say that this is what's going on or even know to get the extra support that we need in our community to uh, do prevention or even to um, to arrest the people or stop the people that are promoting the hate, hatred and bigotry and things. Right, and it's really, I mean, I'm going to put these numbers in perspective for folks. We, The gay and lesbian community is the only minority group in America gathering its own hate crime data, and there's a reason for that, because most other minority groups are covered and are being gathered by the FBI and the local law enforcement agencies around the country. But we have not ever really trusted that law enforcement are doing a good job on our on our hate crimes, and I don't think anyone should trust that law enforcement has done a good job on gathering hate crime data. Inside the Justice Department, they refer to their hate crime report as the book of zeros, because they know that the numbers are not trickling up the way that they need to. So we're the only minority group in the country, through 35 agencies around the country, that gathers, publishes, and educates the public about the data. If we didn't do this, we would have almost no evidence, no research, no data to back up the fact that we are under siege in our own communities. So this report is, is vital. It needs to be spread all around that this data, which is highly sophisticated intake modules that we use um, and highly trustworthy, um, are shining a light on the real problem of hate violence in America. It is a plague. So I'm looking at the, the, the national report from which the, the Michigan report is based, and it, it, it's saying that the gender identity of victims and survivors in 07, almost more than half, 54% of the gender identity of victims and survivors were male. Right. Why is that, that, that seems, why is that significant? Is it just that gay men and people perceived as gay men are, are, are being targeted more often, or is it... 
I can't. I can't say. I can't say for certain what causes the numbers. You know, no one can say for certain. But what I can say is that different kinds of things happen to different kinds of people. You know, young people overwhelmingly support equality for gay and lesbian people. Yet, the younger you are, the more likely you are to commit a hate crime. <laughs> you know, it has to do with being young and not being responsible and not understanding the ramifications of your behavior. But. It's interesting. Like I think in our society, because of because of sex stereotyping, I think you can spot a gay person easier than you can spot a lesbian. I think a lot of people are more uncomfortable around gay men than they are around lesbians. Women are far less likely to, to perpetuate an attack than men are, and men are not likely to attack are less likely to attack a woman. So guys tend to be more likely the victim, and guys tend to be more likely the offender. And that's just it has to do with the way we're all raised. It has to do with male macho behavior. It has to do with alcoholism, it has to do with poverty, it has to do with all the different factors that go into criminology. So I do think that guys, on average, are more visible victims. However, there's far more cases of sexual assault going on against lesbians and bisexual women than we're ever going to be able to record. So I want to kind of clear something up, though, is that you're not saying that people are attacking them because they're gay men or because they're lesbians. You're saying, it sounds like they're identifying people because of their gender expression or gender identity. Right. In some cases, people are targeted because they are believed to be queer. And instead, but, but, in, but in many of these cases, they are. But in many cases, uh, you know, hate violence is, is like uh, terrorism. It, it, it knows no actual victim. It punishes entire communities. Recently in, East, in uh, Old Town in Lansing, there was a series of uh, spray painting um, incidents all over Old Town. All the businesses that were targeted, almost all of them were straight-owned businesses. So straight people are being attacked by anti-gay hate violence. The, the, this is a community problem that justifies a community response. And so, like any kind of terrorism, all these innocent people get caught up in it. Not that anyone's guilty in hate crimes, but all these people that aren't supposed to be targeted are targeted. And so... Um, I, I do think that it has a lot to do with the perception of the sexuality of the uh, victim, but most importantly, I think um, attackers are using a set of assumptions about who they think is weak and who they think deserves it. Sean, I'm going to switch gears for a second. I'm going to talk about um, you know some other big news that has come out in the past week um, about California and their marriage. Right. Phenomenal, phenomenal decision. Unlike Massachusetts and California, anyone in America can go to California and get married and then come home. Unlike Massachusetts, you must live in a state that doesn't have a marriage ban, which is like less than 12 states. So this is a huge decision. The Supreme Court also said in their majority opinion that the state could get rid of the term marriage altogether, and they'd be fine with that. That's pretty groundbreaking. Uh, and they could call everyone's unions something else. Um, another powerful thing has been Arnold Schwarzenegger's response. He's actually passed more pro-gay laws than any other, any other governor of any party in American history. And he said, I'm going to honor this decision. Let's just move on. That's an amazing thing for a Republican to say. Mm -hmm. And it's also important that today he came out with a great statement saying this is going to help our economy. Come here. Spend money. Have your marriages. Now he's talking like a Republican. <laughs> you know? You know, but ultimately, this is how that party needs to see this issue as economic stimulus, right? So, I mean, people need to see marriages as, and weddings as a place where photographers are happy. The cake people are happy. The hall people are happy. Everyone's happy because they're getting paid. Because mm -hmm. people are spending money and churning on the economy. And anti-gay extremists don't see the full picture. They don't care if anything helps our society. They only want to hurt people that they disagree with. So they don't even understand. That's why they're on the fringe of their own party, because they don't even understand the positive impact California's decision is going to have on that state's economy, which is hurting. Does this have any impact on Michigan? On, on no, not directly. However, many Michigan couples may go there and come home with this marriage license that they can use to get benefits maybe at their employer, or they might be able to use it to get uh, a family discount at their gym or the zoo or something like that. But it doesn't uh, affect our court case, and it doesn't affect the day-to-day -day lives of people here. However, it may impact other judges around the country who are sitting on the fence knowing that a marriage case is coming to them soon. And they may be like, wow, if California can do this, 38 million people, I can do this. You know, I was I was listening to the to Gavin Newsom that day, the mayor of San Francisco, who I have a big man crush on, and uh, and he said, you know, um, he said something to the effect of um, how California goes, so goes the country. Right. Do you think that that's true? 
Absolutely. I mean, um, it was, you know, since the early days of this country, it's been said, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bad political scientist, and I'm forgetting whether it was Madison or Jefferson who said that the, um, you know, the, the, our, you know, the states are the laboratories of democracy. And it, it's really true. I mean, California, by passing all the fuel efficiency standards that they did, and the fact that so far those have been upheld, the fact that most of the national policies in this country are first shaped in the states, that's very important. And California is leading the way in many ways on social policy. So the way California acts on many things is shaping opinion around the world. It is the eighth largest economy in the world. And so it is, uh, it is absolutely steering people in the right direction. So this should be, this should be a glimmer of hope for people then. Absolutely. For every six or seven setbacks that we've had, the catapulting forward of the California decision is mammoth. I mean, it's going to affect other countries. It's going to it's going to force tens of thousands of conversations to happen. Hundreds and hundreds of articles and blog posts. I mean, this, I mean, I mean, already Ellen, T.R. Knight, George Takai, all these famous people are like, I'm getting married. I'm getting married in California. So this is really, really going to thrust this right into the living rooms of America, and it's going to force people to dramatically have to say, Wow, this. Guy hasn't fallen. All the Boy Scouts haven't turned gay. Maybe this gay marriage thing isn't so scary after all. But don't they have enough signatures to overturn that? I mean, to be able to put up for vote. They claim they have enough signatures in the terms of numbers, but advocates from our side at the Let California Ring campaign are challenging those signatures as we speak, and, they, and we have been able to invalidate ballot measures around the country if they were gathered illegally. So they are hoping that they will disqualify the ballot measure. Even if they don't, um, I am a firm believer that we have a fighting chance in California to defeat this. For the first time in American history, voters are going to be deciding whether to divorce their neighbors. That's going to be pretty powerful. Not even in Massachusetts, because it never went to the ballot. No other state are voters going to be voting on divorcing people that live in their community. And that's it's very different. It's always been in theory. You know, and now it's real people living next to them that they're going to divorce. And that's just not right. Amazing. So it truly is an exciting time and an important time for us as queer people to have our voice heard. And I, I, I feel like there's, there's no more important time than now in the election year with so much going on. Absolutely, and everyone who wants to get involved, please join us at the Triangle Foundation. Shameless plug, tri.org is our website, tri.org. Sign up for our email alerts. Send us a check. We need your help today. It's, the economy's uh, not so, so great shape, so if you've got an extra 20 or 50 bucks lying around, send it our way. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sean. We've been talking with Sean Kasowski, who's Director of Policy for the Triangle Foundation. Uh, more information at tri.org and also at his blog, blogoqueer.com. Thank you so much, Sean. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to DC- WCBN. <laughs> <laughs> what are we listening to? Shush! Fun stuff for clothes in WCBN FM in Arbor. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, idle. I we don't have to talk about me. D O M G. We'll be right back. Vous avez lu l'histoire de Jesse James? Comment il vécu? Comment il est mort? Ça vous a plu, hein? Vous en demandez encore? Et son prénom c'est Bunny A eux deux ils forment le gang Barrow Leur nom Bunny Parker Et Clyde Barrow Bunny and Clyde Bunny and Clyde Moi lorsque j'ai connu Clyde autrefois C'était un gars loyal, honnête et droit Il faut croire que c'est la société Qui m'a définitivement abîmé Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Qu'est-ce qu'on n'a pas écrit sur elle et moi On prétend que nous tuons de sang froid 
c'est pas drôle, mais on est bien obligé de faire taire celui qui se met à gueuler. Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Chaque fois qu'un policeman se fait buter. Qu'un garage ou qu'une banque se fait braquer. La police, ça ne fait pas de mystère. C'est signé Clyde Barrow, Bunny Parker, Bunny and Clyde. Bunny and Clyde. Maintenant, chaque fois qu'on essaie de se ranger, de s'installer tranquille dans un meublé. Je vois la tac 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 Des mitraillettes qui reviennent à l'attaque Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Un de ces quatre nous tomberons ensemble Moi je m'en fous, c'est pour Bonnie que je tremble L'importance qu'il me fasse la peau Moi Bonnie je tremble pour Clyde Barrow Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde De toute façon il ne pouvait plus s'en sortir La seule solution c'était mourir et plus d'un les a suivis en enfer Quand sont morts Barrow et Bonnie Parker Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Three, two, one, and you're on. We are. Oh, I love the countdown. So, hi, close for close. You're welcome back. Um, yes. So, Dan, I had to. I had to invite another queen into our midst. Oh, oh, you mean there's more of us out there? There's more of us on there. Uh, well, first of this time? Well, well, actually, backstory, we talk about queens in our midst. So I bought this huge, shiny ring at Gigi's when I was there this past weekend. It's oh, what was this weekend? It's just oh GGs. oh okay um so um i invited our friend chris from wait, wait wait let's back up so this big shiny ring what what was the deal it's this big and shiny and i like it <laughs> i didn't know they sold jewelry there now well it's, it's drag jewelry so. oh, <laughs> got it. okay gotcha. not exactly tiffany kind. yeah i got it um okay. so and that reminded you when we have chris Yes, of big <laughs> queens shiny queens um so chris are you there sweetie <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you may not be anymore. Hi, pumpkin. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, as I'm setting up the interview today, Dan, Chris and I continue to fight over who's more right er than the other. And, <laughs> and finally, Chris. Um, I've got the title. Oh, I've got the entertainment editor title. Please. <laughs> please. Yes, absolutely, Chris. <laughs> so, Chris. We've got some talking to do because there's been a lot of, as much as uh, there's lots of big gay political news, there's also big gay entertainment news. Yeah, American Idol, one hour and 22 minutes. OMG. <laughs> it was so lengthy. It was what? It was lengthy. Oh, oh, yeah. So we'll start and go ahead and say that Paula's outfit was horrible. Oh, of course. <laughs> it was Are horrible. You, I, you know, I, I hope, I, yeah, I am. I am surprised. I expect whoever dresses her to to be, you know... Tell it like it is. Yeah, I mean, come on. And what's up with Simon wearing the same black shirt every week? The same black shirt and the same sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I remember one week he was especially sweaty. I was really freaked out by it. And you know they all have veneers. You know, oh, those yeah. things in their teeth. Right. Girl. So, we've got... I, I predict that the winner of Idol is going to be David. 
<laughs> oh my god, you're the smartest person ever. I'm totally the smartest. I get, I get the pickle. Wait, wait, wait. You were disagreeing about this? <laughs> okay, so, so to catch up our listeners, we're, we're, um, we're talking about American Idol, and there's two Davids left. David Archuleta, who's 17, and David Cook, who's 25. Um, David Cook is from Blue Springs, Missouri, which is right outside of one of my hometowns. Um, and the only thing in Did Blue you know him? No, oh, okay. but the only thing in Blue Springs is a subpar mall, and now David Cook's family. So oh! <laughs> maybe that's why it's so boring. That's right. Oh. <laughs> so, so who do you like, Chris? Well, I like them both, but for different reasons. Um, I, I agree, Chris. That was yeah. very politically correct. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Archuleta is a really good singer, but he's really kind of boring. Absolutely. <laughs> like, See, I thought they were both boring. Last night? Yeah, well, yeah, in general. Oh, oh, okay. So mm. I think that they're both, in general, boring and predictable. I thought that um, Cook's music last night was poorly chosen. Absolutely. Well, it doesn't help that they make them make them sing those really, really wretched, cliched songs. A la Chris Daughtry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> but I thought that that's what they had to. Well, they I, do, I, I yeah. I thought they choose. I'm mean, sorry, I thought they choose their own music. Well, and if Andrew Lloyd Webber gets any creepier... Oh. <laughs> no, he was scaring the bejesus out of me. <laughs> he is so creepy. It's true. Why was he even on there? I didn't understand. I, I don't know. I, probably him and Clive are like together or whatever. Oh, so, there you go. So, um, so and, and so, why do you like Archuleta? Oh well, I think he he's got a hell of a voice, um, and I loved uh, when he did uh, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me." Yeah, um, I yeah. thought that was definitely one of his best this whole season. Yes. Um, and Imagine was the one that actually won me over. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first he, time he sang it? The first time he sang it, yeah. Um, that was kind of like his shoe and I felt to get, you know, to, to win the gold tonight, to do, you know, his best song that he's done all season. I mean, it was strategically very sound, the, the songs that he picked, but the, the, my problem is I just don't believe him as an idol. Yeah. Like, I, I think about past season finales, and I think about the songs that they pick, the, the, their triumph songs, you right. know? And I'm just like, I don't really buy it from them. Well, you can't see him singing the one that he sang last night in this moment. <laughs> yeah, I know it was, it was really bad, but I mean, I just can I see him singing songs like that. Like he reminds me of Clay Aiken. Oh, Aiken. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but don't you? Okay, so this is one of the things that I was thinking about. Is that I would actually prefer them to choose him. One, Who Archuleta? Choose Archuleta. Um, but, uh, yeah, really him exactly. Um, the uh, David Archuleta because he is seventeen. He hasn't been through the whole rigmarole um, of putting himself together and actually selling a product and and getting it out and distributed. And, and I thought, so that's you think that'd be good for him. I think that the real like yeah, being under Idol's um, reign or whatever their tutelage for two years would actually help him. Right. Versus Cook, who's already had a release, and, and he's already famous. So yeah. him putting anything out is going to just help him. Having the title of American Idol 2008 I don't, uh, hurt or help him. I don't even think David Cook would even care. <laughs> I don't right. think so either. And right. I think at this point, everyone who's in the top like five already has albums, or already has record years from someone at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they are going to go on this really cheesy tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so You're going to be there, Gabe. I, yeah. I know. <laughs> Um, and and you, I was just unimpressed. And I don't know why Sisha was even there at the top three. I swear it was just a tokenizing thing. She did not oh! belong up there. Uh, I totally think, believe Who that, do you think should have uh, been? Um, I didn't like any of them. Probably John? if anyone, Michael Johns. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Michael Johns, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, yes. But I think that that... And I think that that one of the things I realized last night while Cook was performing or while the judges were talking to him, I, I what I realized is that he kept looking around and it, I really felt that he was really just, he knew that this is the last time and he was taking it all in. Who, David Cook? Yeah, he knew that well, yeah, he was not to going like, to win. Every and, time that someone spoke to David Archuleta, he burst into tears. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, you know, he was probably just, oh, just thank goodness he didn't have to deal with his dad being oh. on stage. And I mean, he was like, this is the last time I have to deal with that. Well, and that's what, what I find interesting about tonight. I think that, uh, that Archuleta will either, either cr- he'll cry. It'll be either, be either because, um, like, he's going to lose and, like, he's worried that his dad will beat him. <laughs> or he'll cry because he won. 
that's like that's what I think. I don't know. It's true. I think that he's going to be ruined. I really think that I just don't believe Archuleta as a viable, successful adult idol. Like, but I think that that's why I would want them to be. Be, to have him become an American Idol because they could then teach him how to deal with the media, That's, how to be, give him a personality. No way. What a horrible him... idea. Oh! Alright! <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be raised by the idols? Well, but I think that gives him a chance to understand how the thing works. I mean, I know his da- he's been under the tutelage of his dad for so long. Well, the idol could be able to put his dad to his side and say he now needs to he's moved past you. We own him now. Is yeah. What right. Well, right. Exactly. <laughs> and that. Well, I mean, because his dad was a was a past uh, musician himself, and so he thinks he knew how crazy to... crazy show dad. Yeah. <laughs> so he knew how all this worked and everything, and I think he's. I think David Archuleta has now moved past that and and past his father, and I think someone else needs to t- kind of take over and mentor him further. Mm. He actually looked really confident last night, and like he looked more relaxed, and like when he was singing, like you could see more of his personality. I thought. You can see his eyes. I found out he was brown eyes. (laughs) And eyebrows like caterpillars. Yeah. So the opening sequence was so cheese-tastic. It was like, for those of you who didn't see it, it was this whole boxing theme or whatever. And of course, David Cook comes out in his boxing outfit and looks hot. Absolutely. And then David Arnshada comes out and looks like he bought a Halloween costume at the last minute. Oh, I was thinking more like a smoking jacket. I know. It looked ridiculous. He's like, ha-ha, I have gloves on. They're the size of my head. And then they had to drag it on to the entire episode. Oh. And then we had to get that ridiculous analysis. I know, right? It was ri- it was ridiculous. At one point, I thought that the fighting that was occurring with the, the shirts off and everything, I was like, oh, is it the... And I went, oh. No. Yeah, right. I know, I know. Yeah. The montage exactly. stuff. like, who's that? Exactly. Is that David Archuleta? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So what else is going on? Oh, well, first of all, so what's, what's your prediction? Archuleta or Cook? Um, I'm gonna say uh, Archuleta's gonna win. I want Cook though to to win, but yeah, I, I, I I don't know. Like I think it'll be better if Cook doesn't win. Look at Daughtry, you know. Exactly. Um, I think that Archuleta's gonna win, and I think that David Cook is better off for it. Yep, that's yes. what I think too. Yep. And Unless, do you think that's why he threw it last night? I don't think he threw it. I think that he's at well. The person who threw it is Jason Castro. Like he threw it. Because, oh well, you know, yeah, so for the whole season, right? Right, and. And I know you're a Jason Castro person. <laughs> yeah, I am. I can't wait to see him tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to like um, <laughs> Are you really, Chris? Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm into the dreads. I'm into All right, the so why are you... Uh, oh, because of the dreads and everything? No, no. Well, I mean, physically he's cute, but... Um, like, I, I just like that whole vibe he brings, the whole, like, Jack Johnson, John Mayer. Totally, stuff. totally. Um, and, like, it's sad that he sort of was lazy and gave up near the end. But, I mean, he's had some really, really kick-butt performances. And I think that, um, I think he's another one who's better off not winning. Yeah, no, I think that's what he realized halfway through this. Like, and I, I don't think he's going to hate having to go on tour with the top 12. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sucks in the ensemble songs. <laughs> uh, yeah, he actually does. You're right. Um, oh, so, okay, so I agree with your analysis that I think Archuleta to win... Um, but and David Cook is better off for it. Wow, we agree for one. Uh-huh. I mean, absolutely, goodness. <laughs> That's it. And no I am just to be a different saying David Cook's going to win. Nuh-uh. Yeah, you absolutely. don't really believe that. Uh, I do. Down <laughs> deep in my soul, he's truly the winner. Oh, please. Even if he loses tonight, he's really my winner. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Gabe must just be closer to teenage girls than you, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sad about that. Um, okay. Speaking about teenage girls, <laughs> what about uh, Dancing with the Stars? Oh man! I know Christy Yamaguchi. <laughs> Christy Yamaguchi, big winner, first female Dancing with the Stars winner to win in five seasons. Her husband's really hot. Her partner is—is is her partner um, family? Do you think? No, he's married. Who? Mark. He's married. He's got a wife. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> like a wife-wife. Well, that's what, who showed up. Unless it was a bot wife that showed up for one of the uh, for one of the. It was like uh, one trainings. of those. No, I think it was like a um, one of those like the Oscars. Like they don't want to have empty seats. Right. Right. <laughs> it was exactly. a filler. Yes. Uh, yes. But good for Christy Yamaguchi. Good for her and, and and her hot partner. Absolutely. So what else is going in in, in big gay media, Chris? Oh man, well. We're going crazy right now because our big Pride issue is coming out next week. Mm. Um, we have Pride? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is coming up. Lots. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it's just a little crazy in the office right now. We're uh, trying to wrap everything up, and uh, the issue will come out next Thursday. So what's uh, what what kind of, what included in the Pride issue? Um, we're going to actually have uh, a Pride guide this year, which is uh, going to be a pullout. It's going to have 
Um, it's going to focus on Motor City, but we're, inside we're going to have um, little snippets for each pride going on in Michigan. Um, oh, wow. So you can find out where it is, when it is. Um, we're going to have coverage of the doggy drag show they're doing at Motor City Pride. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so, yeah it's, it sounds like a, a hoot. Um, we're going to have some... Um, we're going to cover, like, the movie, which is Kiss the Bride this year, um, with Tori Spelling. Um, we actually have an interview with her on the paper on Thursday. What is wow. your favorite part about Pride? I'm sorry, what? What's your favorite part about Pride? Is it Eric Hyman? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, I think so, this year. <laughs> but I'm actually excited to see the Madonna... Um... Oh, Into the Groove? Yeah. Yeah, the cover band. Yeah, they seem really interesting. We're going to have an interview with uh, uh, Julie Nugent, who's, uh, who's the Madonna impersonator. That's brilliant. Um, so she seems pretty pretty cool. So and did you watch uh, Desperate Housewives on Sunday? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I haven't, so we can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear that they have like really like wrapped up a ton of stories. Like you really have to pay attention. So oh. I'm confused. Oh. Help me understand what happened. Okay. So so spoiler coming up, folks. Okay. Um, so the season finale ended with this jump in five years into the future. Yeah. It, um, yep. So, well, is the storyline going to pick up five years into the future, or are they going to fill in what happened in that five years? No, from what I've heard, it's going to actually um, start five years after, and like it's going to jump ahead. I think we'll probably we'll probably get flashbacks. It feels like it's going to be sort of like lost. Um, uh, so they're going to fill in the gaps with flashbacks. Um, they have to because, like, I don't. And so, do you think that really re reinvigorated the the series? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it opened up. It, there's lots of questions now, like why isn't um, Susan with Mike, for example? Uh huh. And what the heck happened to Gabby? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that to be honest with you, I was getting bored. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was the season I was watching it. I was kind of like, wow, I'm really gonna turn off my my. I'm not gonna TiVo it anymore. Yeah. I really was like, okay, I'm done. I'm moving on to something else. Yeah. Some of the storylines were were a little stale. Um, this season, I thought Lynette and. Uh, Lynette had a really good storyline. Absolutely. With, with her demon child, Kayla. I know, right? Yeah, hello. <laughs> um, that was really, really good, I thought. And Catherine, obviously. Um, which Catherine. is interesting. I think Catherine is going to be, uh, she's going to be permanent, or at least for a while. Really? So they show her five years later, yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, they had to do something because, I, okay, I did, seriously, I did not watch it. So I don't know if anything happens to Edie. Um, well, in the episode before the, the finale, um, she sort of leaves with Jerry Elaine, actually. Oh, um, that's right. That's right. She, yeah. Because of the um, yeah, because the, they, they said no more. Right. Yeah, the housewives all turned against her. Well, because I didn't know where else they could take her. I mean, to be honest with you, I, they would really have to work. Uh, like maybe she becomes a lesbian or something. I don't <laughs> know. I mean, it well, was like you know. I kind of thought maybe um, like the housewives turn against her and she tries to commit suicide in the season finale and she succeeds. I thought that would be sort of oh. interesting. <laughs> yeah, because that's what happened last time. <laughs> right, exactly. Last season, she didn't succeed. Right. Right. Oh, but yeah, I mean, so she, I just didn't see anything really happening with her anymore. So that might be, Catherine might be the new Edie. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. But everyone sort of likes her now, so she would have to do something <laughs> right. to turn them against oh, her. Oh, so she's, so what do you mean that they like her now? Oh, um, well, for like uh, the, the other housewives, I think, sort of like Catherine. Um, Brie and Oh, her. Catherine. I'm sorry. I was thinking Edie. Oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Got no. it. Yeah. Wow. So, Chris, what about music? Um, I, I know that you... Uh, uh, well, I was just listening to Duffy, who you you like. Yes, I like yes. her, too. Um, Duffy, yeah, I, I really dig her album. And uh, I got the new Donna Summer album. Which Shut is, up. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, she hasn't recorded a new, a new album in 17 years. I was going to say, so. really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know she had one. And it's new stuff? Yeah, it's really good stuff. And, I, and the totally preview, you like it? It's good? Yep. And, uh, oh, Cindy Lauper's new album, which I haven't heard, but I, I've heard snippets, and I'm really excited about it. So are you going to go see um, see her when she comes to Michigan? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely, for the True Colors Tour. June 11th. Yeah. Oh, are you going to be there, Dan? Um, the, I, everybody's encouraging me to go. They all want to, like, you know, do the uh, tailgating yeah. and and do the lawn seats. And, and just to let you know, that's the day before my birthday. Just a heads up. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> I'll make sure to avoid you. Shopper. <gasps> Good luck with that, because I'm all over the place, my birthday girl. Um, what about the the Mariah, Mariah Madonna albums that just came out? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I've been getting hate mail for this. Because you gave you panned Madonna's album. I know I did. Yeah, you saw it. <laughs> I didn't pan it. I gave it a, like a C plus or something. Ugh, hey, C it was, equals degree. 
What did you say? I said C equals degree. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So you know how she in- reinvents herself and all this, all this brouhaha. I right. just don't like her new reinvention of herself. It's it, kind of cheesy. It would what does she reinvent herself with? Well, her she's, new look is like as Nelly Furtado. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she wow. she has this whole like I'm a boxer, glamorous boxer sort of like chick who likes candy thing. Yeah, That's the whole candy metaphor for the sex whole candy so metaphor, like, sticky and sweet, hard yeah. candy, blah de blah. Like, like that hasn't been done before. I know. I really just want her to like settle down and enjoy being an old lady. Yeah, but yeah no or kidding. a mom. <laughs> or right, and a mom. Yeah. Right. And or Mar- being English. <laughs> That's right. Um, and what do we think about Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon? Is this thing for real? Oh, yeah. Um, it sounds like it. Yeah, well, it is for real. It was on the cover of People, what, like two weeks ago? Oh, then uh, must Their be wedding real. photos and their tattoos. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Do you see the is tattoos? Is this another way that Mariah has gone off the deep end? Um, possibly. I don't know. It could be like a... Publicity stunt? Yeah, right. <laughs> because, so first of all, Nick Cannon gave Mariah Carey a recycled wedding ring. Yeah, for $2.5 million. And <laughs> I don't care how much it costs, but Mariah, <laughs> Mariah girl, we gotta talk. Because <laughs> where have your standards gone? Yeah, right? Wait, yeah. she had standards? Yes. Oh, 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 sorry. Hey, Dan. Me, sorry, if sorry. I was talk studio about right now. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it, Chris. Because <laughs> I knew you couldn't get me. OMG. <sighs> but no, her album is uh, is really good. I like it. Um, it, sort of, it sort of feels like a part two to The Emancipation of Mimi. Well, um, I don't know. I was just listening to um, Bye Bye. Is that her next single? Oh, yeah. This is the new or one. Or Migrate. No, a Bye Bye and I think Migrate is supposed to be the third single. So, so far, so good. Um, yeah, you like Bye Bye? I do. Yeah, I really like that. It's it's It sort of follows the template of, like, We Belong Together, but... Um, oh, it totally does. But when she's saying it on American Idol, she sucked. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Well, I think the issue was the last part with her background singers. You notice how, like, Loud they overpowered they her? Yeah. <laughs> well, the mixing, the sound mixing in American Idol has been all off this season. Yeah, Dolly Parton wasn't even that great. I know, right? Yeah. It, well, she has those those built-in speakers up front you know what i'm saying right <laughs> i know what you're saying <laughs> yeah i did so yeah. thanks gabe i yeah, i did figure <laughs> I did it out i was trying to figure out a gabe. response yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so <laughs> sorry, sorry i'm looking at american idol now and um so we'll see what happens right so so um what else are you you track in in uh, gay entertainment gaytainment um hmm i think that right now i'm just so focused on pride <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like um yeah, that's that's about it. So, Pride what are you going to be writing about? So we can check out oh, between uh, the lines. Well, uh, I interviewed Eric Hyman, um, and that'll be in. A local artist, Ryan Mintz. Um, he came back home. Uh, he's he's a he was a uh, raised in Michigan, and he went to actually he went to U of M. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So he's coming here, and he's going to be performing uh, at Motor City Pride. And so I sat down with him um, earlier. Mm. Well, no, it was last week uh, in Ferndale. Nice guy, good album. Can I just say that I looked up Ryan Mintz online and his site's called Let Me Be Your Monkey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you might like just make them, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the album's actually, called Let Me Be Your Monkey, is that right? That's it. Um, right. I asked him a series of monkey questions, which should be interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, why would you ask? monkey questions well there's a story behind it you have to listen to the album there's a song called the monkey song on the album um Hmm. so yeah a little tease yeah right (laughs) (laughs) well i can tell you it's basically really quick i'll tell you um he stuffed animal that his ex had and he was really interested in the in the guy it wasn't an ex i guess he was interested in this guy who had a stuffed monkey and he wanted to be the guy's stuffed monkey oh right i know <laughs> so Chris, are you gonna I can't go tell to if you're being sarcastic or for real? No. <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> um, so are you gonna go to Ellen's wedding or what? Yeah, I got an invitation. Totally. I um, don't know what to get her. Yeah. No. I mean, how many spatulas does a girl need? <laughs> <laughs> but who? I wonder who's gonna walk down the aisle. Are they both gonna walk down different aisles or what? You know? I don't mm. know. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be there. I'll let you know. Ah, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, look for Chris Weekly on um, in between the lines. He's their uh, gaytainment guru. <laughs> um, and we'll see what Pride and yeah, the and True Colors tour and um, and it was nice talking to you, Chris. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
Wow. I know. So This was quite a show. Quite a show. We'll see tonight, Last Idol. Yeah, absolutely. See what Paula wears. Ugh. Paula. And, you know, see if he, uh, there's any still any stains on the black shirt. Oh, stop. <laughs> so, so you're going to go home and watch it? Uh, Ring my bell. Yes, okay. I am, actually. In fact, that's why I'm like, we got to end it quick. <laughs> I know. It starts early. So you've been listening to Causes for Clothes. Um, I think next week we'll talk about... All Badgers. kinds of good stuff. Badgers? <laughs> I don't know. I saw the new um, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe movie, the new... Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm supposed to go see that this weekend. Yeah, so we'll, maybe we'll talk about movies or something. All right. Sounds great. Okay. So you've been listening to Closet for Clothes and and, and We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Hyatt. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Closets Are for Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their license sees the regions of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. And sorry about that. I'm still getting used to this new board. I am not Saruman, as you probably know, or probably could figure out unless you're on some serious mind-altering substances. My name is Marvin Bartlett, and I normally host... Rorschach Radio, DJ Without Borders, every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 when most of you are probably unconscious. Anyway, need to tell you first off that you're tuned to 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And tonight we will answer the question, how many monkeys can dance on the head of a pin? We're going to start off answering that with Mr. Ray Charles. If you have a request or dedication, you can give me a call here at the station. The number is area code 734 763 3500.